Amen. Heather doesn't like it when we throw under the bus, but I'll do it to Rodney. He, uh, he asked me this morning just to, just to give a testimony for a few minutes, and it's easy to do because the Lord has moved so much these last few days, and uh, it's really just challenged me, and I just think um, what the Lord has done in my life really can be summed up uh, in his word in Romans ten seventeen. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, and it's really that simple. You know, I, I come, and, and I think there's so many times that I come to church, and, and I just take it for granted, not even intentionally, but the world just chips away at, at you know, what we have in this church, I think, um, well, at least for me, I think it does in a way that, you know, you just come in, and you're just trying to, sometimes you're either just trying to stay awake, or sometimes you're just trying to press in, and, but we take a time like what this camp service was, and for me, I just took some time the few days before, and just began to pray to the Lord, just said, Lord, there's a lot of things that I know just by knowledge. We have so much knowledge in this church by the word that's spoken, by the by the preaching we get. We're so, it's so, we're so, there's so much richness to what we hear that I think it's really easy to let knowledge just be knowledge. So I just began to pray, Lord, affect me with your word. And Rodney's challenged us with that before, and that really is something I thought, like, Lord, it doesn't mean anything if it's not alive in me. I mean, even the demons said that, that they knew who Jesus was. They knew who he was more than some of the other people did, I feel like. Just, I mean, they called him out fairly quickly. They knew who he was, and they were scared of him because they knew the power he had. But, but I really think that if the demons know who he is and they have knowledge, then I better have a lot more than that if I'm going to call myself his child, right? <clears throat> so I just felt challenged. Lord, just affect me with your word. And, and I know that there's times where I, I just I feel like recently I've just been feeling like, you know, Lord, not so much where are you at, like, like, like complaining or, or even so much that he's not with me. I, I, it's not that I don't feel your presence, Lord, but, but how come I feel like it's so hard sometimes to press in? And, and then we hear that first message about beating the arrows, and I, and I feel like a lot of times the arrows is just the flesh. You're just going to have to keep pounding at it. You're just going to have to keep going and not stop until the Lord does move because sometimes, a lot of times, you know, also in that message, the Lord can't move if, if we're not ready for him to move in our lives. And I think that can be, that was real for me, not that he was not moving, but just if I want to see more, I've got to give more. And I think, I think these messages this week really have just challenged me to turn that around, not, not look at the Lord and say, Lord, what are, what do I need to do to have you do something for me? But more, Lord, what can I do? Because I know you're going to do what you need to do. That's guaranteed. I don't even have to worry about it. But what do I need to do to be sure that I'm in the place, to be sure that I'm in the place to receive from you? And so, you know, then we came the messages on, came the messages on, um, <clears throat> what was it? We started camp, was it Thursday or Friday? Thursday. Days are running together. So Thursday night, Rodney preaches, and it's something that I had heard before, but not in, not in a stale way. Something I'd heard in a way of when you hear it, it, it touches your heart because you've heard it, and now you can learn it in a little bit of a deeper way. And, and he brought that living sacrifice and what it <laughs> means to get that living sacrifice down. And it's so true. And it just tied into the first message of, you know, if, if the arrows are the flesh, and it's not always, I don't feel like I'm not, like, teaching that. Just something that felt to me. If, if, if the arrows, sometimes you're just, you just got to keep going until you get where you need to be until, until you get what you're, what you're looking for, then I think that also, tie, that to me, it tied into what we receive in that way too, where the flesh, the flesh just has to continue to come down. And so the Lord's got to get us down in a place where he can begin to cut those things away. But, um, you know, and then, you know, Darren's message, brother Darren's message just really touched my heart too. And, and I love that repetition that he brought 
where he brought the way he said it, and he would say it again and again so that it's really difficult to forget those three concepts that he brought, who's in the boat with us and, and what he can do with a little and what he's able to do with a stale piece of bread. And then I, and I think, you know, and then um, Friday night came and pastor preached what he did, and, and the Lord just broke it all open. But I think it's because he had begun to work on us in that time. He'd begun to work in me in that time. And then Friday night came, and I came into uh, prayer that night, not very quietly either, as pastor might know. <laughs> My son, he's a man, I love it. But um, so I come into prayer, and, and immediately I sit down, and I, I begin to feel the spirit of the Lord, and I feel him so strongly. And I could just feel something whispering to me, and just the, the, I just felt the Lord saying, to the Lord, I'm going to do something tonight. And I didn't know if it was going to be just for me, but I felt this spirit. I felt him say it. It's going to be special. And it was. It was so special. And the word Pastor brought just brought so much context. It brought so much context to where we're at. <clears throat> and it was just such a beautiful word, and it just tied it all together. And I believe we were all, the reason why I believe we all had such an amazing service Friday evening was because the Lord had begun to work in our lives and gotten us to a place where we could receive what was being heard, and then afterwards being brought into a place of worship, and I saw so many young people on their knees before the Lord, and I, it was just such a blessing to be a part of that and to just be able to sing and give worship to the Lord, and the Lord ministered to me, and Rodney prayed for me, and, and I just felt such a touch of the Lord, and I, I think really my testimony is just that the Lord has challenged me through his word that the, mo the more I can have in Christ spiritually, not physically, not blessing. I can have all that I want if I'm willing to push for it. If I want his presence, if I want his blessing spiritually, if, if I want his touch in my life, if I want to raise my home in the right way, if I want to live rightly, I can have all that if I push into the spirit of the Lord and I allow him to do that in my life. And I think Friday night, <clears throat> I was just standing by the piano as we sang those songs. and um, But as we sang those songs, I, I just felt the spirit of the Lord, and, and I just made a commitment to the Lord that night. I just said, Lord, if we only have five years left, I'm going to burn every minute of it out for you. I'm not turning around. I'm not going to give any more opportunity to look any other directions. And I made a commitment to the Lord. And I'm grateful I get to say it to you because you guys can keep me accountable to it. But I just made a commitment. I said, Lord, I don't know how much time there is, and I'm not trying to make it doom and gloom, but if there really is only five years left, God, I want to be able to say when that time comes, that I've burnt every moment out for him, that there isn't anything left, that if there was something that I should have done that I did it. And I think that's where Friday night came from for me because there's many things, which I think touches on what Brother Darren said, there's many things that I don't feel very adequate with, and I believe we need to give those things to the Lord too, and that's something I thought of. But something that I felt challenged in from that message was give the Lord what you do have. And there is something that I know the Lord's given me, and that is... I wouldn't see the ability to sing all the time, but that's a song. The Lord's given me a song. The Lord's given me a heart of worship, and I'm so grateful for that. Um, and I don't say that in a boastful way, but I just, I love to lift him up. I love to feel his presence. I can see it in my mind. I, I praise the Lord. I worship him, and I, I just imagine myself just on my knees before the Lord, just, just giving him my all. And I just knew in that moment, Lord, I'm not going to give anything. I'm not going to let anything else pass me by or I'm not going to let that go. And I just felt that so strong that night, and I think that's where a lot of it came from for me. And for me, I was just singing. I was just worshiping to the Lord, and I know a lot of people were able to, to worship too. But I felt for me that 
from this moment on, Lord, I'm going to worship. I know you've given me that. And everything that I know you've given me, everything that even if the things I'm not confident with or the things that I feel are inadequate in me, I'm going to give to you. I'm going to let you do with them whatever you want to do. And that's, that's really what I think my testimony is, is that I just feel like the Lord is, has really opened my eyes. He's really opened my eyes to understand that if, if I want the blessings, that, that his, his presence with me, his, his blessing in my life, if I want everything he gives, all I've got to do is press into it. And so that's my testimony tonight. And, and I just challenge everybody tonight, too, that just, you know, allow the Lord to do that in your lives and, and um, you know, I'm just grateful for what the Lord has done, and I'm grateful for our pastors and for our ministry, and um, just grateful for this church. Amen. Austin. Amen. God is good all the time. Amen. I'll just share with you uh, what the Lord was working on me with uh, just before, before we went to camp and before we came to camp, both went up there and came back here, um, I have to tattle on myself a little bit because I had a pretty bad attitude when we left camp. I'm not going to lie. I was pretty disappointed that we weren't going to be up there camping. And then when we weren't, uh, had nothing to do, I had my heart set on other things. And the Lord drew us back to this place. I'm not going to cry because I never do that. But I'm thankful to our pastors who know what's important for our lives, that they direct us to a place where the Lord is and where the Lord needs to touch us at. Because I, I needed to know something in my life, and it seems so, so elementary to us, but I needed to be reminded of it in the Lord, is that our flesh, man, has to be knocked down every single day. And it seems like, well, we should know that by now. We've been serving the Lord a long time, but every time the Lord comes back and reminds us, the flesh man's never going to die unless you keep him on the altar. And I appreciate that message from Brother Rodney because my flesh man was kicking and bucking, and he did not want to be held down. But I appreciate the, the words that we received. Every one of them just touched my heart. But what the Lord has just been working on me on up to camp, uh, before we got there, was just... Uh, a message that I think Brother Rodney brought a few uh, months ago, or it seems like maybe just a few months ago, but know your role. I don't know if you remember that message, but it's rolled around our house a few times when my daughter smarted off to me and I said, Sister, know your role. <laughs> but it was a little different this time is that the Lord was telling me that I needed to know what my role was. And he reminded me of a, um, of a word that was spoke over my life uh, many years ago when we were in Pennsylvania. And, the, and I had forgotten what God called me to. And I encourage you tonight to not forget what God's called you to. Because God's promises are always true. And they'll always be fulfilled if we'll stay within his promise. And God's promise was that I was to be a worker in the kingdom. And so this week the, the Lord has brought these scriptures to my heart. I was reading them at home and it just reminded me to share with you tonight something that's in the scriptures in 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, starting in verse 14. It says, For the body is not one member, but many. For if the foot shall say, Because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, Because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not 
of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? And if the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? In verse 18, but now God, God, but now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body as it has pleased them. And if they were all one member, where were the body? But now are they many members, yet but one body. The Lord has placed us in a place to be part of the body. And Brother Darren's message so touched my heart because we may not have something that we feel is this great thing to bring, this great offering to bring to the Lord. But if we can bring anything to Him, He delights in doing something great with something little. And He takes those little things and makes them into one great thing. And so no matter how small of a part you feel you are, you're still a part of this body. And being a part of this body makes you a part of Christ's body. And that's something great to be involved in. That's something great to be and something to be proud of, that you're a part, a member, a small member of the great body of Jesus Christ here at Echoes of Calvary. And so my encouragement to you as the Lord has been encouraging me is, is that no matter how small you feel or if you feel like you don't hold a role in this place, you're an important member of the body of Jesus Christ. And you're an important part of the members and the body of Echoes of Calvary. So don't take for granted one second of one minute of every opportunity that God gives you to be a part of that body, however God places you. Just be a part of the body, and God does great things. He does great things through the body and in the body, but when we're a part of it, He can delight in using us as small members. That's my encouragement to you tonight. Let the Lord use you in whatever way He desires tonight. Amen? Amen. Amen. I'm glad he brought his Bible up because I'm, I'm not a spontaneous speaker. It's just not how, it's not how I, you don't want me to be spontaneous. This thing just kind of rolls. You know. So um, I want to I turn to 2 Kings in um, chapter 20. I'll just read it real quick. It says, uh, then Isaiah said to Hezekiah, hear the word of the Lord. Behold, the days are coming when everything that is in your house and what your fathers have stored up to this day will be carried to Babylon and nothing will be left, says the Lord. And some of your sons who will come from you, whom, will your, whom you will father, will be taken away. They will become officials in the palace of the king of Babylon. Then Hezekiah said to Isaiah, the word of the Lord, which you have spoken is good. For he thought, is it not good if there will be peace and security in my days? Now, how am I going to roll that into a camp testimony? Prepare yourselves. <laughs> you know, I was thinking, um, you know, this, me- this uh, setting of scripture uh, came to me when, when Nathan was, was talking. And, uh, you know, I think sometimes us ministers, the Lord will prompt something on our heart and we'll just, yeah, great, that's good. You know, and we just don't. But as each message came along, this scripture just kind of stayed there. And, you know, I was thinking, um, I was, I think I was 19 years old on my first church camp. You know, we went there a few times, and, you know, I think back of, of who I was back then, and I never thought back then that I would be standing here today 
letting my kids come into a church camp of that same style, put on by those same people. I don't know if that, you know, if I'm articulating that in the right way. Uh, you don't really think about that when you're 20. You know, but here I am, 42. I'm getting a little older, although my appearance doesn't, doesn't say that. <laughs> but, but, you know, I often, I, I remember sitting in pastor's house and weeping in front of him because I didn't know if I was even capable of serving the Lord. You know, and yet here, here I am, and I wonder if I would be here if pastor was more interested in peace in his time than, than concerned about preserving what his father brought into him and what the Lord brought in. And if Rodney, if I would be here today and my children would be here today, if Rodney was more concerned about peace in his time than really having the tough conversations and willing to suffer through some hardship in order to see a better result tomorrow. You know, and so here I am, and this was a nice dry run for church camp. Next year will be the real church camp when we get, when we're all dirty. You thought you were tired now. Wait till you got to roll around in the dirt up there for a while. And, you know, but I look forward to it because I look forward to giving to my children something that I had when I was 20. You know, and they'll be younger than I was, and I, I just look so forward to what God is doing in them and doing in my family, as I know that you are too. You know, and this thing isn't built because we're just more concerned with, you know, having a peaceful life. You know, having a peaceful life is not all it's cracked up to be. You know, it takes some struggle and it takes some hardship to get what needs to happen in a, in a family, what gets, to get the results that, that we're, and the Lord is going to put us through some things and already has put us through some things. You know, this was a little bit of a trial. Awesome was kicking and screaming, like he said, you know. And I, you know, my truck almost broke down on the way there. There was a fight. But if I'm concerned more about my peace and stability, then what am I going to leave? What kind of legacy am I going to leave behind to my children? And I think it's imperative. See, Hezekiah here, he's just more worried about what he's got going on right then and not so much concerned about the legacy that his fathers have left him. You know, and there's some legacies here in, minist in the ministry and in the adults, and there's a legacy that you have, and it would be wasted if that didn't flow on to the next generation, if, it didn't allow it, if you didn't allow it to manifest itself into the next generation so that we could see what they're going to do with it. That the things that we stored up, that we pass on to them and see them invest it, what that could bring. And I just look forward to that. And I, you know, I look forward to, to all the many church camps we're going to have ahead of us. You know, I, th I thought about uh, Pastor Skip as he came up and I just looking at him going, I don't know how long we got with that man. You know, so I told my children, go, they don't know him. I mean, they, they're, they're still little. They, I just said, hey, just go say hi to him, give him a hug. I don't know if you're going to see him next year. I don't know, you know, he may not die, but he may not be healthy enough to come here. But the legacy that that man left because he didn't decide to have peace in his time, look at what it has manifested itself into. And so as we go on, I just encourage you, you know, I don't want to be a downer. I just encourage, it's an encouraging message, I promise. <laughs> I encourage you that peace is not all 
fun and games. It's not all it's cracked up to be. If we're more worried about peace than we are about legacy, then we're not going to leave anything ahead of us. So let's just continue on in that. This body was built for a purpose. It wasn't built so that we could just, you know, smile and grin at each other and all die at the same time. No, this thing is going to move on ahead of us, and I look forward to seeing that. Amen? Amen. I think they pretty much covered everything. I don't, I don't know what I have to say. <clears throat> uh, I have to echo something. Man, this was a hard camp to get to. There was trials, I told my wife a week ago, the enemy was fighting our family to get here. Work went crazy, things were happening, and I told her, I said, Sandy, we have to go, because when the enemy's going to fight this hard, God is going to move. There is no way we're missing camp. And so the wildfire hits, and we're going to go pick up our trailer, and we get the call, and, you know, hey, we're not having, and I went, are you kidding me? There is no way we're canceling this. And I could just imagine what Pastor was going through in those moments because we had planned and, and, and prayed and fasted and knew God was going to move. And here we lose our location and, and all the logistics and all the stuff. I'm so thankful you made it happen. I'm so thankful Heather and Austin and Lonnie Leah made it happen. We could get here and just and meet because God spoke to this body. One of the hard, whenever the enemy fights against something you're doing, it's time to go get in God's presence because God's going to meet us. God spoke something to me, and, uh, you know, we all received. Everybody received individually, and I believe everybody received corporately. And so what happened in my life, I, I, I've been dealing with some things in my own heart about how to live, living for God outside these doors in a way that is kingdom central. And I'm going to preach this at some point in a longer message, but i, I got to share, share with you this. What God is doing in, in, this, in this world today through His church is the most important thing going. There is nothing that compares. Your career, your relationships, the money you make, the things you have, what you're doing, the peace, Dustin, that you create in the world around you pales in comparison to what God is doing. And God began to speak something in my heart. He wants to reveal himself. He delights in the revealing of himself. I begin to think about the resurrection, and, and Nathan's preaching his message, and, and Pastor Rodney's preaching the living sacrifice, and, and we come into Brother Darren, and Jake, what a great job of recapping those. I don't have to do that now. It's a faster testimony. God began to speak to my heart that he desires to reveal himself to me. He desires to reveal himself in this church. I thought about that day that Jesus resurrected and Mary Magdalene, she, she goes to the tomb and as she's going there to work, there's a day-to-day -day thing to do. She's got to dress the body. She didn't get everything done. She's got to get the spices to it. She's got to go to the tomb and, and the women that, that go with her, they've got to find someone to roll the stone back because they've got to take care of the physically dead body of the Lord. It's a mundane task. It's a dirty thing to do. It's it's something that nobody wants to go work with the dead bodies. You're unclean when you touch the undead, but this is her Lord. And she's going to do the dirty work. And she's going to do the work that's not appreciated. And she's the first one to see the resurrected Christ. God wants to reveal himself to you. And the tasks that you do for him, 
The littlest things matter. It's the faithfulness in the daily life. We go to work. We have a job to do. But the center of my life is still kingdom-minded because God wants to reveal himself every day. The road to Emmaus. Now you got two. And there's two walking down the road, and, and they're talking about Jesus. How many times do we get together? Yesterday, Pastor Rodney and I on a Saturday, we're talking about the Lord. We, we get together, we can't not talk about Him. We're talking about Jesus, and, and I know the Lord showed up. And the Lord began by His Spirit to work in my heart, and I, I got excited. And I thought about those two men or, or those two people on the road to Emmaus. And the Lord shows up and, and He walks with them. And, and all they're doing, they're discussing the events. They're discussing what's going on. And, and they're, they're traveling to the town and Jesus shows up. And He begins to expound and teach them everything, starting with Moses, about the resurrected Christ to come. And, and expounds to them and He reveals to them who He is. He shows up to the disciples and you remember the story that Thomas isn't there. And He reveals Himself to the disciples and and one's missing. And, and, you know, I thought, why didn't God go reveal himself to Thomas individually? One of his disciples, one of his own, and not this time. Mary Magdalene, yes, I, he showed her who he was, but, but Thomas, you're going to need to be in church. You're going to need to gather. And let me tell you, don't forsake the gathering. There is a revelation that Jesus wants to do corporately. There's a revelation in our daily life, absolutely. There is something God wants to do Corporately, I began to think about Thomas, and I began to think about, he, for eight days, eight days he had to go. The disciples had seen the resurrected Christ. Mary had seen him. Others had seen him. He didn't see him. Jesus didn't come to visit him at his home. He didn't come and reveal himself to him. Eight days later, the Lord shows up. And I believe Thomas's heart was so broken. He had missed the last time, but this time. He gets in the presence of the Lord and he makes that proclamation that we love to quote, you are my Lord and my God. Just showing up to the meeting. We met down here Friday night and the Lord begins to move after that service. Pastor, your message of the what if, powerful. Don't forget about the what if. This thing is temporary, this Mud ball will come to an end. This world is on a timetable. I love the what if. It's plausible it could be in five years. Maybe it's in ten. Maybe it is longer. But the apostles preached it was any day. It's imminent. And we get to the end of that service. and God is moving powerfully. I'm going to think about an upper room. And I was thinking about all the revelations Jesus had had and had shown himself and manifested himself to the individual, to the group, 500 people at one time. And he told him, go and wait. Go to this upper room and, and wait because he's coming back in a way. He's coming back to reveal himself now in power, in us, in the church. I felt like as a group, we had come to a place after a few days of separation, after a week of trials to make this happen, after going through some real difficulties to get together. I felt like we had prayed and fasted, and we got a taste of what an upper room experience is. And there's more. 
There's so much more. I love what God is doing in this body. And I know you feel it. There is a call. There is a transition happening in this country, and there's going to be a transition in the true church. We will not just be meeting for the sake of meeting, but rather for the equipping, rather for the getting ready to go out into this world, and we're going to make an impact. We're going to have to fight, Dustin. We're going to have to put some gloves on and go out there and fight the spirits and the principalities and the powers of darkness, and God is preparing a group. He's preparing a people. We're a part of that. Young people, you have a purpose that is far greater than getting married and just working, and you need to do those things. You need to stay grounded in those things. But kingdom-minded, much better than what we did, much better than me at 20, and Dustin at 20, and Josh at 20, Pastor Rodney at 20, much better than what our mindset was. You're being established and equipped. I'm thankful. I just want to say one more thing. Pastor Skip was praying over you, Pastor. Man, I want to see that happen. I can't think of a better man who serves the Lord to be entrusted with the power of God. I can't. And I want to be a part of this ministry all the way through. I started. I want to end with this body fighting for the kingdom living for Jesus. We started it. I want to finish it. And I am so thankful to have our leadership here. And and we can trust our ministers. Aren't you glad? We can trust them. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's see if I can talk real fast here now for Pastor Rodney. I've been telling, I told Susan a couple weeks ago, I says, I feel there's a difference. There's something to change going on in the spirit. I think you guys have probably felt a lot of it too. You know, something's up. Don't know what it is right yet, but there's a change coming. I hear the hearts, Austin and, and each one that spoke tonight. I feel the hearts are just open to the will of the Lord. And it all comes from faith, that the words we hear bring faith into our life. Not tell you how to live, but to tell you why you should live for the Lord. So it builds a faith in our life. And we, we don't have to go out and, and get a counselor and, and help us through this. We have faith to believe because the Lord will show us as well as you show the pastor because he wants us all together. He's a leader. But we follow him, not dragging us, but we're willing to follow. And that's what he wants. And Pastor Skip said today, Apostle Skip said that that verse about you'll find a man carrying water, carrying a pitcher of water. We all need water carriers. We need somebody to carry the water for us. I watch those guys on TV running the marathon. And they're running like the Dickens. They're running up there, and somebody, they reach out, and they grab the water, and they throw it in their mouth, and they keep on going. How far do you think they would go without that water? We're not going to go very far. And the Lord is putting water carriers in this house for the purpose that we will proceed to keep going. 
and have the ability and have the water of the Spirit. And we can follow the Lord and we don't have to be drug. We don't have to be drug. We just know the Lord is with us. He's leading us. And when he says to pastor, he says to us, we're all in this together. What a wonderful thing to be a water carrier. You trust the people that the Lord put in your, in your place and where you're at. You trust him or leave. Really, I'm not running anybody out, but the Lord has not put people, phony people here. With all our heart, we tell what we believe is in our heart from the Lord, and that's the truth. And that's what's going to lead us on. What if they didn't want to believe Jesus when he was walking? Where would we all be? Wouldn't be anywhere. So just to know that there's a change coming, it's already started. We went to Friday night. What a, what a move of the Spirit. I'm so thankful I was a part of. We don't want to miss what the Lord's doing. He doesn't do this all the time. There's a lot of churches that don't have what we have. We don't brag and boast about it. We just pay the cost. We just pay the cost. And that's what the Lord's doing in this place. Something's new. Let's be ready to expect it. And it's going to come in submission. It's going to come submission in our life. Hallelujah. Thank you. I'll, I'll wrap it up. Kind of every, all the kids, when they go last, they say, well, everybody took what I was going to say. But I, I feel like I got the luxury of kind of doubling down on some things that I think were important. Uh, I'll tell you what blessed me. Now, I could cover all the sermons again, but I won't because most of us were here for one and two. Everybody's already kind of covered them, but I'll tell you what blessed me so much, kind of starting at the end and working backward a little bit, is I sat there after, after service on Friday night, and for 20-something years now, I've been the guy who gets up at the end and leads people in worshiping. And I sat on top of the choir risers and feasted on the presence of the Lord that I had nothing to do with. As the young people rose up and were taking their place in worshiping. And I sat and listened to Jake as he just was leading from the heart, which is what I'm always encouraging him and Sarah. It's the heart of worship. That's all it's about. I'm, I've been telling everybody I'm, I'm tired of production. I'm trying to work back and back and back, scale back even more because when we get the heart and the praise that is rising, I was just so moved in my spirit to see that happening because now this next generation, and I, I feel like that's really happening, there's a couple of images that came to my mind. One I cannot get out, and that is when Darren was speaking, I just had this image of, of a little loaf of bread rolling around in the bottom of that boat, back and forth, soaked in salt water. I mean, absolutely. Anybody ever ate soggy bread? Not worth anything. And I just had that image in my mind. What a beautiful, what a beautiful picture he drew. And, and I, it's interesting to me because Darren's not some eloquent speaker so much, but just spoke from the heart the Word of God. And, and again, get the production out of the way and let God's Word do its job. And I'm so thankful for that. 
But I'm going to tell you what, what struck me. So it all leads up. I, I appreciated Brother Nathan being a part in his ministry. The message the Lord gave to me. Then follow that up with what Darren had said. Every service I felt a moving in, in my spirit. Anybody ever else feel that? I, I was weeping every service. I just And I don't always do that. I don't try to do that. Like, oh, i got to cry so that I've felt the presence of God. But, but just in that really tangible he was touching my emotions, touching my heart, and I was responding. And when Pastor preached Friday night, how many have been thanking? Go ahead and raise your hand if you've been thanking ever since Pastor preached that message. You've been thanking a little bit. You, you might say a little heavy. I'm going to tell you what that heaviness is. It's called conviction. And here's what I've been thinking. I told Chris yesterday, it's been a long time since I felt the conviction of God in my life. So Jake, we have a blessing here. I say it all the time. I believe that the gospel, that following Jesus, is more cerebral that it is spiritual. I think we make a decision with our hearts and our minds that we're going to practically live out following Jesus every day. We preach that all the time, right? And so in that, we can become so pragmatic in the way we approach the gospel. We can feel like it is very knowledge-based, and all I want to do is receive more knowledge about what I already agree with and I already feel comfortable with. The conviction of the Lord is there to stir things in me that I don't want to see or I don't feel comfortable with. So, for me, I want to get old I want to see my kids all get married, and I want to have grandbabies. You all know me. You know that's true. I've all, I love kids. That's always been, I just want to do that. And the Lord convicted my heart, not that I'm living in sin, not that I was doing something wrong, but the conviction of the Lord has fallen on my life to realign my focus and make me realize that that's the intensity and the urgency in which I need to live my life. Don't be afraid of the weighty things of God. Don't be afraid is what the Lord would say to our church. I'm going to believe that God's going to continue to allow us to be moved beyond where we're at by the word of God that comes and brings conviction upon our lives. Because I've got to be transformed. I go all the way back to my message on Thursday night. By the renewing of my mind, because what I'm thinking is not going to work, and so God's got to take what I'm thinking, and He's got to get me out of what I'm thinking, and get me into what He wants me to be thinking, but that's not going to happen on my own, because I'm going to think what I feel comfortable thinking. So there are some things that God wants to do in every one of our lives, but it's going to require conviction in order for him to change us. 
That's why you're all sitting in here tonight. Some point along the line, you got convicted about your sin and you gave your life to Christ and dedicated to follow him. But in our journey, see, Bethel preaches that there no longer is any conviction. They literally preach that. You become saved, no more conviction. But the truth is that as we grow closer to the Spirit of God, He is going to convict our lives and draw us further and deeper into His presence. And I'm thankful for the conviction of God. I'm thankful that God's going to challenge me. And I'm thankful for His work. We certainly could have shut it down. Everybody was frustrated. I had as much on the line as anybody. I spent about five hours setting and unsetting equipment up there at camp for no purpose. And we come down, and all the labor that's put in, we couldn't have asked for a better outcome in our lives. Everybody who was here was blessed. Everybody who was here was touched. So we thank God for that. And remember, that's not because we produced something. It's because... We can trust some things and expect some things from Jesus. Last Wednesday I said it, that we can expect where we have gathered in his name that he's going to be there in his presence. And so every time we do that, we can trust that he's going to be there. Amen. Pastor, do you want to come back up? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Just a great, great follow-up to of what happened around here this week. Amen. It's okay to take take report of what, what happened. I, I believe that, you know, if we just let things go by, they're not impactful to our life. But we, we dwell on it. We dwell on it. Thank God for it. I got in the truck, and I was not happy. And my wife, Kay, was not happy. I said, Kay, we don't need to do what we want to do. We need to do what's right here. But... We were not excited about it, but she said, you know, Leanne said that um, maybe, you know, we can use the food. She's willing to cook. I said, oh, okay, okay. And the Lord just began to open up my heart, and I was to do it down here. And uh, wow, wow, thank the Lord. Now listen, devil, whatever you are that tried to stop what we did, you better leave us alone. It's going to be better. It's going to be better than what we planned. Amen. So we thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Brother Rick said, man, I took these days off. I'm just going to hit the freeway and get out of here. But he didn't. He came down here, and they so enjoyed and part of this with us. And just, oh, man, we just praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We're happy in the Lord. Amen. Brother Aaron, thank you. I, I, I agree with you. God is is moving some things and and uh, adjusting some things. It's going to be good. I, I want to take the ride. I want to take the ride with him. Amen. Would you stand to your feet?